Welcome to the Collecting Confidence Podcast, where we'll explore confidence, what it is, why we need it, how we get it, and how we lose it. I'm John Barrett. Today we're going to have a return visit from Ben Brecky, and he's going to be talking to us about what it takes to put some music out there, the subjectivity of what do people think of me. And I want to talk a little bit about my journey as well, how I became a public speaker. And it also had some feedback from people. I started public speaking when I was very small, as a small child, I suppose. When I got to school, I had to be a little bit more organized and a little bit more cautious because I couldn't speak out at the wrong time. I went to a Catholic grade school and we had nuns and I respected the nuns greatly. I was an altar boy, but I almost didn't have a speaking career. You know, 73% of the people are afraid to speak in public. And when I started the first time, I remember actually raising my hand and speaking in class, we were going through the syllable emphasis on words and I raised my hand saying, I'll do the next one. And the word was helicopter. And the primary emphasis is on which syllable. And I thought about it for a second and I realized I can't say hell to a nun. And I turned beet red and I ran out of the room. And I never wanted to raise my hand again. But people laughed and thought it was funny. And I slowly decided that it's okay if people laugh either at you or with you. And so I sort of became a class clown and spoke out. And I was a a little bit hesitant But I said, okay, I'll do the readings at the school mass just for all the other kids in the school. And I did a good job with that. And someone said, we'd like you to do it to represent the kids and do it for the adult mass with all those big grown-ups. So I did. And it wasn't a problem. And I didn't die. And the next couple of steps that I took were presentations in high school, presentations in college. Somehow I got it in my brain that I should be a college cheerleader. Now I'm out there in front of groups of 60,000 people, but they were kind of watching the football game. They weren't really looking at me. As I moved on in my career, I went to a couple of different places. And one of the places, health fitness, they needed someone to go and speak to all the people in different divisions across the country. And my boss, my favorite boss of all time, Deb Marshall, if you're listening, hi, Deb, awesome person. Deb Marshall said, John, why don't you go do this? Speak about power messaging. Tell the people what we're trying to tell them. So I went out and spoke in front of groups of 250 people, a couple of different locations. But because of all the steps I'd taken along the way, 250 people wasn't that many. And because I knew what I was talking about, I wasn't that nervous to speak. Since then, I've gone on to do some public speaking, do some training, do some coaching. I work with Fred Pryor seminars, and I teach 30 different topics, eight hours a day on each of those topics. It doesn't bother me because I know what I'm doing. But the younger me would have been mortified to get out there and present like that. So it is important that we have those stepping stones along the way, that we collect confidence along the way, because you can't just go to the finish line. You have to work taking those steps. Make sure that you're willing to take that next step rather than just say, oh, race is over. I'm not willing to take that next step. We're going to talk about taking that next step with Ben Brecky in just a second, so stick around. Thanks for listening to the Collecting Confidence Podcast. It's my belief that everyone has experience with confidence, and we either have the trophies or the scars to show for it. 
If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review or maybe share this with a friend who needs to hear this. If you have suggestions for the show, topics you want covered, or questions you'd like to answer, or if you just want to shoot me a line, you can go to the Collecting Confidence Facebook page or contact me directly at collectingconfidence at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you. Now let's go collect confidence. Joining me today is Ben Brecky, and Ben is a return guest. He was on a few weeks ago to talk about his experiences as a second grade teacher, but today he's going to talk about being a musician and being a parent. And he's released an album entitled Be Not Afraid. Ben, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I want to talk about the journey of Ben and how you got to recording an album. Is that something that you'd always wanted to do? Is that something that you were brought up with? What inspired you to do that? For me, like singing, we're going to be talking about singing and uh, singing is a big part of my life now, but well, it's always been a part of my life, but growing up, confidence was never there. And especially for singing, I was a part of the Land Lakes Choir Boys they were based in Elk River. I'm not sure. I know they still exist, but I'm not sure where they are based now. Do but... mostly butter and dairy songs? You bet. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, we were the cream of the crop. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did that, but I only did that for one year. And I, my brothers were really the ones, my oldest brother was the one that was really into it, which is funny now because he doesn't sing at all anymore. Huh. Uh, I'm really the only one of my brothers that, that has continued singing. And I was probably the least interested in it. And I did it for a year. I was always extremely shy. Like I've I've always kind of looked inward on myself and didn't want to to be. I, I'm not one for the limelight. I don't like the the light shining on, on me. So that was really hard for me. So I dropped out right away. And then I haven't really didn't really do anything except for you sing outside while you walk or you <laughs> you know do you do that kind of thing. And then when I was 15 my best friend at the time he taught me how to play guitar and i thought that was really cool he taught me e chord a chord d chord and g chord he taught me those chords and so then i could play every single song known to man (laughs) 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 but yeah he taught me those and that was a that was a really big deal for me and obviously I've, i've played guitar the rest of my life since that moment and when you play guitar it's pretty natural to want to sing with that but i would always lock myself in my room I would I would sing like like this and really really quiet and like and, you know I would be in my I had my own room growing up and I didn't want anybody to hear me I never wanted anybody to hear me especially my parents or for whatever reason that's just the way I was and I I just wanted it to be to be my own thing but I love to write music I love to I've always been interested in writing and so I just started writing and for me that was my journal. And that's how I expressed myself. I didn't keep like a, a specific journal, but writing songs and writing lyrics down, that was that was my journal. And as that kind of went through the years, it was it was really difficult because there was a coffee house. It was called the Segway Cafe and it's moved a few times now, but it was in Maple Grove. They had a music night there that they would have like an open mic night and they they heard that I play guitar and they're like, Oh, you should come out and do this. And it's like, Oh yeah, I just get my set list ready. It's like, I ain't doing that. I won't sing in front of people. And <laughs> because at the time I, I still sing like this. 
So, <laughs> you know, and, and so it took a long time and a lot of encouragement, but they finally got me into it. And so I finally got out there just kind of feeling like, well, I, I have to do this. But uh, when I did it, it was it kind of felt OK because I was hiding behind my guitar. It wasn't me singing. No, I wasn't singing. Hey. I was playing guitar. I just things happened to fall out of my mouth. That's all. So it was it was probably painful, <laughs> but everybody was was you know they were they were kind and nice about it, and so that kind of continued, and I was able to gain a little more confidence of just doing it, and so that continued, and then it went into college a little bit, and I started to do more and more shows. You were talking a little bit about being shy and not liking the limelight, which I totally don't understand. Not the way <laughs> I went through school. I'm guessing your school and my school experience were different. But you talked a little bit about perfectionism. And you talked about yourself and that you would just sit and sing very quietly so no one else would hear you. And, and we tend yeah. to meter ourselves or watch ourselves or criticize ourselves. or We tend to do that where we our self-voices will sit and attack ourselves as a singer or as anything you, you sometimes tend to be more of a perfectionist and say oh i could do this better and i could do that better. and as you were going through stuff you were saying that that's that's something you're never good enough and you always want to be a little better and and i do think that that's that's something to really watch out for from a, a person's point of view is you can't please everyone but you also can always do it a little better you can't you can't always please yourself i want to talk to you about how you made that step then because you've got an album out there called Be Not Afraid, and that's available at bandcamp.com. And how did you make that leap then from sitting and singing quietly to going to sing out in front of people and then suddenly deciding, well, I guess I'm going to put an album out there? <laughs> well, now that you say that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I have an answer. So I actually have a second album too. That's a it's it's a three song EP, and I can I can tell you the answer for that one. But for the first one, that's a little bit harder. I can tell you that the idea of even doing an album at all was just a long time coming. It was a dream to to do an album, and I used to have my own computer out. I would do GarageBand and I would do it. And of course it sounded tinny and really horrible. And I didn't know what I was doing. The mixes were all wrong. It sounded awful, but I recorded it and it was pretty cool, but it didn't sound anything like anybody's CD or anything like that. So that was just, it was just for me. And it, it really has always, my music has always just been for me. Then when I started to continue with my writing and I started to play for people, people started talking about how my lyrics were really powerful, which never, that, that never crossed my mind at all about how my lyrics would affect other people and help them out and be good, really. It kind of started with that. And as I kind of, that helped me to do more shows and more shows and more shows. And these were small, of course, but it was pretty neat. And I had opportunities where people would start to ask me and I went all the way out into the huge city of Isanti <laughs> and did a show way out there. And it was really interesting because it was a crowd of people I had I never met before. There was nobody I knew there, but there was a group of people that were roughly my age that it really affected. And 
they thought that I was really good and they really liked it. And it was things like that that just kept going. That's like, oh, well, maybe I have something because people that don't know me are starting to say, that sounds pretty good. Instead of my mom being like, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, thanks, thanks, mom. You're my biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great, but you know, it's, it's, it's a different feeling when it's somebody that you don't know. Um, so anyway, that kind of built it up. And then as that would happen, my songs would grow and they would develop and my lyric writing would grow and develop. And I finally started to have this mission and my mission was basically being being valuable and having worth because that's something that I had struggled with in my childhood a lot is like am I worth it do I have value do I do I have a purpose here and that was something I struggled with and I wanted to share my journey because like I said this was my journal and share it with people and maybe that could inspire there's even a song on there called valuable that really talks about that a lot. A lot of those songs have to do with, I mean, they're very, very personal songs and they, they're very personal to my life. They're, um, they're very faith-based because my life is huge with faith. I felt like I had a message to say, and I just felt like there's somebody out there that could hear this, that could be encouraged. And so once that feeling kind of started to come up, I guess the answer to your question is that this, it ended up being less about me and more about everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, because the hardest thing about putting out a CD is, will anybody buy this? Will anybody care? Is somebody going to listen to this and be like, hey, listen to this piece of crap. Like, this is terrible, you know? <laughs> and uh, there's people out there like that. I mean, oh, people yeah. do that all the time for, for you know, real record label uh, acts. And it's like, well, they but they made it. They got signed, so they must be somewhat good. They right. have you know and it's like here i am just some guy that's recording in his friend's basement right. <laughs> you know and i'm putting it out, i don't know i'm going to put it out in the big world and and see you know who who's going to listen to this and it's going to be on spotify and itunes and all those things that anybody could run into but i decided this is more important like it's there's a message in there like somebody's going to learn from my experiences and Somebody's going to see the world from the way that I saw it and connect those. And that's worth it. Connect Connections are worth it. And so that was kind of the idea of, of that one. And the idea of be not afraid was, well, there's, there's two kind of things with it. One, it's actually a quote from Pope John, well, now St. Pope John Paul II. He used to say that all the time. So it's about that and living out your faith and, and having value and, and not being afraid to step out. But it was also a message for myself. <laughs> you know, put this out. Be not afraid. Right. Do it. Stupid. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, exactly. So that was that was the first one. It was in the in my world. It was quite successful. I ran a, a Kickstarter campaign for it, and I I made it. I think it was like three thousand dollars I was trying to raise, or something like that, and I hit it. I, I went like a tiny bit over that and I couldn't believe it. Like that blew me away. Cause I was like, well, I won't make it. And then I don't have to do it. And then, <laughs> and then my loser friends ended up helping me out and putting me over. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, 
now I got to do it. But it was so fun to do it because once I pushed myself and I called my friend and I was like, I'm doing this. Let's let's do this. Um, let's record it. Then I had a blast doing it because I, I was able to bring in my friends. I had some friends do the, the drum tracks on it. And I had an, a really good friend of mine lay down all the piano tracks, which is really cool. I had a friend bring in the, the tuba. I'm playing a ukulele on a song. I've got a guitar. I mean, it was just it was a blast. It was really fun to do it. And it, there's all kinds of different eclectic sounds on it. It's, it's a really unique album that kind of kind of spans different different genres. And it's it's definitely unique. Like it goes, and that's what I hear from a lot of people is that it goes different places and it's hard to really pinpoint, oh, it sounds like this. It's yeah. it really is unique, but it's still good. I that's mean, Gordon it's a good Lightfoot. Unique. Yeah, definitely Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. <laughs> so... So anyway, that was that one. And, you know, I mean, I still have like 200 CDs in my basement <laughs> that I'll never right, but, sell. But some of it is just getting it out there and getting some feedback from people. And that's exactly one of the things that on on your album, Be Not Afraid, the little things we do. That's something that that hits me because I don't often realize how powerful my words are. I think I'm joking, but I might really be hurting someone. Someone that gives me a compliment might not realize how huge that is. Those kids out in Isanti who heard you and said, hey, that's pretty good. And you're like, what? You're not even my mom. How do you think it's good? That's a huge thing to get that little compliment. And I've actually tried the last couple of years to reach out to people to give compliments to them. It's a little bit of creepy old man syndrome, but I try to say, I really appreciated that. You did a great job. That sounded nice. That was really wonderful because I know it means or it could mean something to someone. It might really make their day. I'll give you a compliment. I liked your album. I love the lyrics on it. Really nice to just listen to it and think about it. But I noticed that it didn't quite break into the top 10, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But how do you measure your success with an album or your singing or the things that you're doing in life? Look at the fruit that you bear. And get over yourself and forget your nerves, forget, you know, everything else. And, and look what you look what you've done. Look, look at the people that you have inspired. Look at the lives that you've made better. And sometimes we can look at that and, and we can still be short, short sighted and be like, well, this student didn't get an A. They got a, a B minus and I'm terrible. And it's like, yeah, but no, because they didn't know that at all before you started teaching that. Like, that's a brand new skill. You taught that and they're happy and they're confident in that. Like, they they know what you're talking about. They might not be a, a, a great tester, but they know what you're talking about. That's where I hang my laurels. That also goes to being a dad. I look at my own family and I say, well, I live my life this way and a lot of times I'm stuck looking at my life and being like, man, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at this. I wish I was a better this and the better that. And I'm awkward. <laughs> like all this stuff. And, and it's like, wait, wait till they get to be teenagers. And then you'll find out how terrible you really are at stuff. Yeah, right. They'll but, tell you. But then I look at my family and I'm like, you know, I have amazing kids. I have incredibly amazing kids that are well brought up and they're respectful. They're friendly they make great friendships they're they're well liked we get comments all the time all the time we're, we're hearing things of like you have such great kids that must come from great parenting i can tell and i'm like we I, we don't do anything different than anybody else like we just parent and then i realized that's it we parent that's the different no i don't <laughs> i i mean there's no secret sauce to it it's just 
I do what comes naturally. And what comes naturally is that I'm enough. That's what it is, is that like, there's, there's no secret to confidence. It's just doing what you're made to do. And that is living your life, living your experiences, sharing that with other people and learning along the way and being okay with that. And if you think back to when you started becoming a parent and the confidence that you've gotten along the way, I always laugh at this, but when that first kid is handed to me, it's like a Fabergé egg and you just, I want to set it down on a pillow and walk away so no one gets hurt. And by the time that that third, fourth, fifth, sixth kid comes, you're just putting them in a hip pocket and going out and playing golf. They'll be fine. What are the, as you've gone along, what skills can you think of that you started off being really not very self-confident about and suddenly by now you got it? Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, when you start, you really don't know what you're getting into, but boy, what a beautiful journey it is. My oldest, yeah, it was very much similar to that Faberge egg kind of idea. Um, I remember putting her in the car seat and like, I mean, both hands on the wheel, like, you know, white knuckling it the whole way. And like, I'm going one mile an hour and like, I (laughs) go around, go around, go around. And just like, just like, we are never going to make it the 20 miles to my parents' house. Like, we're never going to make it there. (laughs) and then you know we learn along the way and then for our second child another daughter (laughs) this is pretty funny we would put her on the bed and we'd turn around and you know she fell off the bed like i don't know 12 times in the first year of life (laughs) you know yeah she's fine like (laughs) it's like how did we do that so quickly and she is fine. She's okay. She's okay. Let your I want your viewers to be <laughs> to be reassured. But there was a there's a huge shift there of frantically nitpicking every single decision to I got this. This is this is just my life now. My third kid, our our boy, because boys are always trouble, we had complications with him. Uh he ended up being born at 28 weeks. Uh, we thought that we were gonna lose her. She had about a 50-50% chance of survival, and same with my child. That was a really hard moment because she was hospitalized at 23 weeks, so I was at home. We had a small house at the time, and I had to figure out how am I going to raise my family. I've got two small girls at home that are wondering where their mom is, and I have to say it's going to be okay and figure out how to reassure them while freaking out myself, wondering, I don't know if I'm going to see her again. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I mean, at that time, I was still in school to be a teacher. This all happened uh, in April. So at that point, my wife had to, she was the only one working and she was a nurse at the time, or she still is. She had to drop her job so that she could be hospitalized. And I wasn't working because I was full-time in school and figuring out how to be a teacher. And so we had no paycheck from April until I got my first paycheck for my first real big boy job in August, August 15th. I'll I'll always remember that. That's a big span of time to have literally no money, no income at all. I'm stuck at home in an actual house. It's not even like with my parents or in an apartment or something small. Like It's a house uh, with all house things. And then raising two kids with a dog, which was the the hardest part (laughs) and 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 I had to figure this out and I had to be confident and say it's all gonna be okay when inside I'm like it's not okay it's not okay right now and I also had to deal with like even if if even if everything worked out 
and my son were to survive, the doctor said that if that happened, he would not walk, he wouldn't be able to, to speak, he would have some kind of learning disability at least, he would have chronic lung disease, he's not out of the woods, like even if he were to survive. And like, it was just a really, really grim diagnosis. And so we just walked through it step by step by step, day by day. And just, I don't know how we did it, but we kept a carrying bridge and looking back on it, it was just that the faith that was through that was just incredible. And we learned so much about the value of our family. Mm -hmm. And I think that really brought our family close because we are extremely tight knit now. Uh, I mean, we always were, but that really brought us together and everybody survived, which is good. Um, now my son is thriving. He is five years old and he he reads, well, the school has, has said that the, he has public school services because he does have um, like speech delays and things like that. But um, he, uh, they're telling me that he's reading at a second grade level. If you were to ask me, I think he's actually more at a third grade level, not to boast, but it's for real. Like he's he is just today he was reading Nancy Drew, like the actual Nancy Drew wow. chapter book. And he was like, I'm on chapter four. <laughs> I mean, and you hear him and it's like, it's very smooth, very fluent. I mean, nothing against my second graders. They're doing excellent, but he definitely reads better than they do. Wow. And it's just, it's unbelievable how he is. He has confidence. Uh -huh. You should maybe you should interview him. Good <laughs> <laughs> well, that for an upcoming yeah. one. Is there a tip that you could give people on how to collect confidence along the way? Realize that the pitfalls and the things that those moments when you don't feel confident, that those are actually the stepping stones to a beautiful life and to the next step and, and to grow. Excellent. Well, thank you, Ben. And it is great to have you here. The album, Be Not Afraid, is available at bandcamp.com. We'll have you back on again, I hope. Sounds good. Bye. Today's tip for collecting confidence is that lack of confidence can be a great stepping stone if you just take that next step and grow. This has been the Collecting Confidence Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm John Barrett. One thing that I always say is brokenness always leads to redemption. And I, I think that's, that's a big thing for, for confidence is that you need to break a little bit before you can grow. And I think oftentimes we can be afraid of that. And there's, there's really, do not be afraid. Boom. Boom. <laughs> no. Available at bandcamp.com. <laughs> there is a lyric in one of your other 
in one of your songs that says, oh, if I could change the world. And I think a lot of times we think we can't and we think we're stuck with what we've got. I don't present well, I don't do well in front of people, but we can change the world, but it takes some time and you have to slowly gather that confidence and take steps to do it. But I do think when I, I heard that lyric, oh, if I could change the world, it's like, you can. It just mm -hmm. takes a little bit of effort, so.